two things I take away from today, by the way. Number one of the le leeches aren't bad. And number two, there's a universal truth of not folding things into thirds. Human creativity is an unbelievable force. But for every great invention and idea that's designed with a clear purpose, there are several shots in the dark that seemingly come out of nowhere. Connecting unrelated dots, meeting unnecessary needs, leading our species in questionable directions. What's even more amazing is that many of these quests and creations have become amongst the most adopted elements of the modern age. In this podcast, we explore these terrible ideas and present some thoughts on what potentially sparked them and examine what we think made them work. Welcome to Terrible Ideas. live show so we're going to dive right in i think and and um daniel do you want to go first do you want to bring forth your terrible idea oh there's so many ideas that i think are are uh, at their core terrible but here's one i think is a terrible idea. oh oh sorry sorry yeah. this is exactly this is the beauty of live uh, i think it's important for us to just share really quickly that one of the terrible ideas that came out of, I don't know if it was our last, I think it was our last podcast was, uh, I think it was you, but I'm not sure, brought forward Clubhouse as a terrible, potentially terrible idea. And one of the things that landed from that discussion was we couldn't actually agree or disagree whether we thought it was a terrible idea. In fact, you even, I think, said, I don't know if it's a terrible idea. We got to try this thing out. And that's kind of why we're here, isn't it? That's actually exactly what it is. So again, if this turns out horrifically terrible, um, <laughs> this is entirely my fault. <laughs> well, I, I did go along with it. I can't say that it's all your fault, but like maybe like 95% your fault, 5% my fault. Does that sound fair? That sounds very fair. <laughs> all right. So uh, ban banter over. Um, let's discuss. So. Here's an idea that I think is at its core an absolutely terrible idea. Um, so before I go into this idea, I think that we have to recognize that this is something that's been accepted by many, many people. Um, we have uh, millions of people who who follow this. So there's uh, this uh, this this particular idea is something that is very popular. This particular idea is something that is very, um, uh, it's something that you wouldn't uh, think twice about as being an idea that's terrible. But the idea is, I believe that Arizona is a terrible idea. <laughs> I believe the idea of living in Arizona or being from Arizona, or I, I believe the idea of humans inhabiting the state of Arizona is a terrible idea. And here's why. Um, oh, please go ahead. <laughs> I just, I just want to say that I think this might be the first time you've actually chosen a a place, a geography uh, where people live, and and where, where where I think people are going to, if they were from Arizona, they would take exception to it. However, I'd love to hear why uh, why you think it's a terrible idea that, that Arizona is a terrible idea. 
Arizona is a terrible idea. Humans were not designed to live in Arizona. Um, it, it's a inhospitable <laughs> place. And like, I, I don't really understand how the world works, but I do know that um, at, at one point in time, someone was like, I wanna live in this space. But this point in time was before the invention of air conditioning, I assume. And it was before the invention of like, I don't know, ice cubes or whatever. I don't understand the world works. But um, <laughs> at this point in time, when they lived in Arizona, they must have been um, completely, like, these were true pioneers. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I always assume that when I watch an old Western, you know, as they're trying to settle or get, it's, it's 99% set in Arizona, like those canyons, it's dry, it's dangerous. There's rattlesnakes. Someone's going to get shot. Isn't that Arizona? Yes. And, um, this, uh, so I, I, I lived in Arizona a bit as a kid and really? yeah, I, I was there when I was in grade school. And it's a, it's a place that is, uh, it gets so hot that you mm. can't even, uh, you can't imagine how hot it is. And, and you have to be in shade and air conditioning. And back in the years when, like, again, I don't, I don't really understand the, the genesis of this, but um, 150 years ago, when people started living there, there was no air conditioning and probably no shade. Right, there were probably no structures where you could hide under, I guess, trees or cactuses. But even cactuses aren't very good for shade. If anyone wants to jump into this conversation and raise your hand, you mm. can now start talking about whether or not Arizona is a terrible idea. Yeah, I, I you know, and I really hope we do get, because I, I don't have a lot to say, except that I had a nice uh, trip there many, many years ago. I had a nice holiday there. It was extraordinarily hot. Uh, and, um, that's all, that's all I can say. It was pleasant. It's not a place I'd like to live though. It's not a place I, but I've, I've, I did a little research, uh, cause you know, the beauty of, uh, being on this is we can do a quick little Google search. Apparently Arizona contains 10 of the 500 safest cities in the U S. So that's pretty good. Like when you consider I, I don't There's think some... Arizona has 10 cities. Arizona has one city, maybe two, and it's just giant sprawl. Like Phoenix is, I think, officially like 10 or 20 different cities. Uh, but it's yes. um, yeah, like it Glendale and Mesa and Tempe and all that stuff. Josh, what do you think? Is... I, I just did a little quick math. Uh, you know, I, I, and I'm, I'm not amazing at math, so I'm not going to bust your balls. But I, I think uh, one-tenth of... Uh, Sorry, one fiftieth of the cities that are safest probably lines up nicely with uh, the amount that they're entitled to. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. I, Thank you. Like I, I, that's awesome. <laughs> um, but do you? So so fair enough. I, I, and, and I <laughs> consider consider balls busted. But let's let's. Um, Let's like, do you think it's a good, a, a terrible idea, Arizona? Um, you know, I think it was, a, I think, I think it's probably seemed like a good idea at the time. That's what I, you know, <laughs> I want to give people the, the credit that's probably due to them for like starting the idea of being mm. from Arizona or just having Arizona to begin with. Um, but like, 
you at some point you got to recognize when your ideas need turnover and mm. you know there's i'm sure you guys have addressed the uh, the concept of um you know throwing good money after bad or wh whatever the fallacy is called the sunk costs fallacy like you know you see how it's been going for the past little while and you got to be like we should shut this down just like split it up between like california and new mexico and just call it a day <laughs> Do you think Utah should get any of Arizona? I would argue that the entire top half of Arizona, like from Flagstaff North, could be given to Utah because Utah is known for beautiful landscapes and wide open spaces and a little bit of a kind of human um, oddity. And the north part of Arizona has all three of those things. I think there's there's an elephant in the room. If, and that elephant that we should address is is the Grand Canyon because I feel like this is this is an amazing thing and it's maybe the whole reason why Arizona exists to, for people to go and visit the Grand Canyon. So, like, can we not see that there might be some merit to that uh, to, to the Grand Canyon and, and bringing people from around the world? to Arizona? One of the coolest things that I, I can think of in terms of like, actually this goes into terrible ideas also, is when they built that cool U-shaped kind of walkway over the Grand Canyon uh, as a tourist attraction, that is an absolutely horrific idea. Um, you take this natural beauty and you ruin it by having some built up human thing. Um, and you also, um, you, you you make it a place that is free and open and you can just enjoy into a commercial enterprise. Um, so I, th I think that, do you know what I'm talking about? That that walkway? Uh, what are they I, I think I know what you're talking about. It's been many years, but I, I, I think it's, I think I experienced that. Yeah. Um, and, and what you're saying is it, it took something natural and beautiful and made it, man-made is that kind of what or, or am i misunderstanding you that sounds I think like peak arizona by the way <laughs> what's that oh that that sounds like uh, like a peak arizona moment is taking <laughs> taking the grand canyon and uh building a small bridge that you're not allowed to take pictures of from it you're not allowed mm. to stop it's a it's a flow through don't stop don't look at the natural beauty just get out of somebody else's way because they're next <laughs> this is awesome so yeah. we'll, 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 let's um first of all also anyone else who wants to speak just raise your hand and we'll invite you up to speak and we can all join into a conversation because clubhouse doesn't work so well as a podcast it works very mm. well as a conversation yeah uh, i'm i i'm wondering um I, I was never part of the early chat room days of the internet but how is this different? Just out of curiosity, does Daniel? Do you know? Do you know what I'm talking about? The chat room yeah. experience, like, yeah, yeah. So it, this is, is it? Yeah. No. How is it different? Well, so the answer, the short answer is, it's not different at all. Um, but okay. the what I like about Clubhouse, what I think think is really interesting, is that it gives everyone the ability to listen to one stream of consciousness with no kind of you can't like ping people directly and have like side conversations. Mm. And that, that I really like. 
I like the user experience of like um, seeing all these these faces that we've all kind of chosen as the faces we're going to present ourselves as. Um, I like that. Mm. Um, but it's the same thing as a chat room. Yeah, it's it's also open, right? Chat rooms were open, like anybody could join. They weren't closed. I, I again, I have zero recollection. <laughs> Nick, I want to hear one of your terrible ideas. All right, okay. Uh, here's here's one of my terrible ideas, and I'm gonna I'm trying to pick the one that I think. Uh, you know, I thought of it yesterday. Um, here's my here's what it is is. There, there are so many incredible ideas out there, so many brilliant creative people. Um, and so here's the terrible idea that, you know, when we're desperate for entertainment and we're really hungry for, you know, laughter or escapism, I believe movie remakes are a terrible idea. Um, and, and uh, you you know, I, I kind of thought about this as I was kind of thinking about the, the many different movie remakes. And you can, someone, some might say, oh, well, uh, you know, um, there are some movie remakes that really, really work. But honestly, for every kind of uh, true grit, there's a man of steel. Uh, for every... Uh, you know, Scarface, there's, I don't know, uh, a man of steel. <laughs> I'll just keep coming back to that one. Uh, I think that it's also a sad, uh, you know, um, state of the entertainment industry that they need to kind of just reboot. It's not, um, by the way, when I say remake, I'm, I'm not talking about the reboot where they take a whole new concept and a new approach to a character. I'm talking about the remake of the film. So I think, I think they're uh, terrible ideas there that pull, pull the audience in, take the money, put in the pockets of, of uh, producers, which, you know, I, I'm not against um, capitalism, but I am uh, challenged by the lack of creativity of the remake. Are you trying to say that all stories can only be told once? Ooh. Um, no, absolutely not. In fact, I'm a believer that stories can be retold, but um, that's fine. Uh, go and watch the movie again if you want to see that movie. If you want to see, you know, uh, Superman, I'm going to just keep going on Superman because <laughs> it popped up in my Google feed. Um, uh, the original Richard Donner Superman, uh, great, go watch it. But why do we need to see Man of Steel with, I don't even know the name of the actor who, who took over um, in that one. So um, it, it, uh, it, it was, you know, I, I think that we can tell the same story over again. We can share a story and we can evolve a story, but why tell the same story um, with high production value, hoping to get something better? That's the thing. Don't you want it to be an improvement? I, I'm, I'm at a loss here because I'm the kind of person who never watches a movie twice. Oh, really? Um, I, 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 I actually never understood why people would buy movies um, because I, I watch something once and then it, 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 it kind of burns in my consciousness. And whether or not I distort that 
um, perception of what the movie was. I just kind of go with it. So like Superman, all I remember from that movie was General Zod in like the in the glass kind of thing floating in the sky. But that might even be Superman too. I don't. Well, know. I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, not to nerd out, but it was at the end. Was it at the beginning of Superman, and then it pays off in Superman two? I can't remember. But but um, uh, yeah, I, I, so interesting. You've never rewatched a film. But you've probably watched a remake. Well, the it's only a remake if you've seen the original. And if you've seen the original, why would you watch the story again? Well, this is it. But people do. It's part of the uh, the allure of of oh, let's see what they've done with this. I, I'm is, I'm really sorry. Go ahead. Isn't every Shakespeare iteration a remake then? Isn't every single like um, every time you see like Macbeth? Isn't that just Oh, it's a remake of Macbeth, but they don't call it that. They aren't like, oh shit, it's a Macbeth remake. Yeah, well, no, it's a new production and, and a vision of by the producer and director for sure. But I don't know if you can, I don't know if, first of all, they're not using the same text every time they make a movie. They're rewriting the story. They're rewriting. Um, so, uh, you know, they're taking a concept that was, already successful i guess i guess where i'm going daniel is i don't like remakes of already fine films like movies that have made uh made a mark and then somebody goes you know that was a very successful film let's remake like psycho they remade psycho and it was that one was a shot for shot remake shot can can I uh, can I ask you guys a question? Yes, of course. Um, I wonder. So first of all, I think this is an incredible topic, um, both because uh, there's so many movies where they made the remake anyway and just called it something else, and no, yeah, sometimes people noticed and sometimes they didn't. And yes. uh, and there's also that like wonderful idea that there's there's only a, there's a low number of different stories that you could possibly tell, right? Like the, uh, I'm sure, Dan, I'm sure we've talked about this, but there's only, I don't know, five, six, seven basic plots that every story follows. Exactly. exactly. So you really don't like, you really don't have a lot of choice. You get around to it and sooner or later, you're just going to make Superman, whether you intended to or not. And if you want people to go see it, you might as well call it Superman. Well, and that, that's the whole thing. It would be very interesting for someone to make a completely unique piece. Um, and in order to do that, you'd have to make it so that every possible decision on the decision tree ends up being something that's completely unexpected. So like man wakes up, man goes canoeing, man uh, goes canoeing in space. Man, like, it would have to be so completely absurdist over and over again that eventually it, it would but even then you'd find someone who'd already done something like that oh that's being done before that man canoeing in space thing it's totally being done it's just a remake of hamlet basically <laughs> exactly i mean come on daniel i thought I, you might I, have an original idea i actually think that every <laughs> single shakespeare iteration should say remake macbeth remake <laughs> That's right. Well, there was a movie called Hamlet 2, which was a pretty good comedy. I'm trying to remember who was. But that, like, I think fundamentally, though, you've got this 
um, this point, I think, I think you, you made the point, which is that how many stories, Joshua, I think you said there, how many stories are out there, right? Like, and, and um, it's not about like, if the story is new, because um, that's why people love to see a new version of Hamlet or Macbeth or, um, or, or even, and, or another classic, it doesn't just have to be Shakespeare. People, you know, love to see what a new vision is. But I, I feel like there's, um, the, I, I'm not sure why the, the cost of doing a movie, a big budget movie seems much higher. And again, now I'm just thinking, like speaking without any research at all, like the idea of remaking Psycho versus um, compared to say, putting on a production of Hamlet, uh, even at a larger theater, to me, doesn't seem like you're looking at the same cost and the same, um, the same waste and the same creative waste. Like we're, there's more room to grow with the Hamlet than the re shot by shot remake of, of Psycho. I, I don't know if I've made a point at all, I'm rambling. I, I've obviously I, not I, made a point. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think, Amanda? What, what's the, uh, what, what's your take on this? Well, you said something interesting. You said basically that there are no other stories to be told because, you know, it's kind of like that whole concept of there are no new ideas, like a novel idea just doesn't exist out there. So something that I'm thinking about now is are all ideas categorizable around either whether they're good or they're terrible? Like, are is there like an encyclopedia then of, of what are good ideas and what are terrible ideas like if there are no net new ideas can you just can you figure out like before making a decision or actually going down a path if it is a terrible idea or not if that is actually true that there is no such thing as as a a new idea i think the only thing that makes an idea either good or bad is uh eventually time Time and because time is like a long variable, time will change everything. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, that's the whole reason we we started this podcast because we felt that there was a there was some kind of uh, knowledge to be learned out of this. Yeah, there has, I, yeah. There has to be some like, what's the formula then? Though, so, like, I don't think you need to wait for time to pass if if it's true that. Um, you can't come up with a new idea that all ideas have already been taken and we're, we're just recycling things, you know, giving them a new name, a new title, a new, a new list of characters, then, then there must be some formula out there to know before you go down a path, if it's even worth doing. I love this idea, by the way, of an encyclopedia of terrible ideas. Uh, <laughs> but I also like the dichotomy, some sort of a measurement. Um, because I think time may have something to do with it. I mean, I, I always go back to, to medicine and, you know, um, treatments that were, uh, were, or seemed, seem barbaric today, but were commonplace, um, leeches or bloodletting, or, you know, I, I'm, there's all kinds of things that we would look back and go, oh, that's, what a horrible, why would they think that? And, it was time and learning that 
through that time that stopped those terrible ideas from being common. Um, and when, what are we living in now? Like, what are we experiencing now that we're going to look back on five, 10, 15, even six months from now and go, wow, that was a terrible idea. Why did we all embrace that? I mean, as a physician myself, I really, I, I feel this one in my bones, by the way. Good. I feel like, and, and I, and I, by the, the answer to your question is going to be chemotherapy, by the way, a terrible idea, a terrible mm. idea. Mm. Um, and I think in 20 years, we're going to look back on giving people chemotherapy, which is basically poison uh, yeah. and saying, this was literally the best idea we had. That, that's that's an awesome way of looking at it. I think um, someone said leeches before, and that just kind of uh, stuck in my head. Oh, we leeches... still use leeches, by the way. You do? Oh, yeah. There's like, there are medical, there are, there are companies that uh, make medical grade leeches uh, that they sell and use uh, for essentially legitimate uh, medical purposes. Um, so uh, like just on a digression, what would you use a, a leech to treat yourself with these days? You, uh, so oh, no, they're, in, in, they're insomnia. By, uh, <laughs> yeah, we've got a trial for COVID uh, for leech therapy going on. Uh, no, the, the real answer is plastic surgery. The real answer is uh, oh. if, if, you, uh, if you sew a piece of a person's body back on, uh, you can sew, use the microscopes and sew the blood vessels back together that you can see and touch with microscopes and, and sutures that are the width of a human hair or thinner. But what you can't sew together is the submicroscopic, or it's not submicroscopic, but the microscopic network of blood vessels that are in like your skin. And so what happens is the blood heading towards that piece of skin gets sewn back together because those structures are big. And then the blood just sits there in the tissue without being returned. And uh, because the veins aren't sewn together because they're too flimsy and small, and you end mm. up with what we call congestion, which is where the tip of a finger or ear or nose gets blotchy and purple and swollen. And that can seriously damage the tissue that you just spent eight hours sewing back on. So the solution to this is to throw a leech on it to suck out the congestion so that the tissue doesn't get too high pressure and until the uh, the new veins and blood vessels can form a new network uh, themselves. So that might have been an overly technical overview. No, that's a totally legitimate. This is the most leeches. educational terrible ideas ever. I know. And <laughs> and now I don't feel like I can use the term leeches as a barbaric medical treatment i want to buy i want to buy some leeches well this, I, this is this is how you convert a terrible idea to a really good one is you oh, take you take arizona and you say we just need the grand canyon everything else can just like go to hell <laughs> do you uh, think le do you think leeches have a bad rap because of the name and the image of like scary bloodsuckers or like what if you renamed leeches what if you rebranded leeches? Mm, that's not a terrible idea at all. Like, no. if you, no, if you were, to, if you were to, what would we call them? Like, like, um, cosmetic Sunflake. helpers? Sunflakes. <laughs> Sunflakes. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Hey, um, do you have a jar of sunflakes I can borrow? So, 
Hey, more terrible ideas. Um, here's one. Um, I'm going to change it all from leeches. Uh, I'm going to uh, go in a different direction. So I, awesome. I think a terrible idea, um, and it, it's relevant to clubhouse, but it, it's uh, a terrible idea is the idea of bios, the idea of writing a bio. Um, <laughs> and, and here's why. In the olden days, in the past, if you met someone, you would, you would size them up based on their appearance, based on their conversation, based on their presentation, and so on. But nowadays, we, we minimize everyone to these kind of one-page things that we write ourselves, right, that allow us to present ourselves to the world in a way that we want to be seen. And if you, especially in this environment, so in, in, in like the clubhouse environment, Everyone uses the bio as like the way of identifying. So like your bio says a little bit about yourself that has um, that has elements of uh, of what you're trying to get across either business wise or uh, connection wise. And you make it a bit quirky. You add an emoji. But I think bios is a terrible idea. I think it, it minimizes people down to one specific element. Discuss. Well, you know, it's interesting. My my early experiment uh, or testing out this this place. Uh, and I don't know if it was you, Amanda, who said, Nick, what do you do? I, I Your bio is so long because all I did was copy and paste this long bio that I had written up. Yes. And, <laughs> I, uh, like... I, that, that was you, right? I think it was, was me, yeah. Um, and so what did I do? I, I shortened it. I created bullets and <laughs> I felt like I had to, I had to, uh, you know, you know, conform to the way things work. And, um, but, you know, people, you know, you know, so I knew that Josh, for example, was a doctor because when he joined the room, I clicked on his and I just saw, oh, and I didn't do a huge long read, but I knew you were a doctor. And uh, I thought, this is great. We have a very, you know, we have someone with a unique perspective and can add some insights. So I think, Daniel, like, to, if we don't have a bio, if we don't share it, how do we, I mean, aside from the obvious, which is, Josh, Joshua, tell me about yourself or Amanda, tell me about yourself, which is great, except that we then don't get into the content we want to get into, which is the ideas. So but it's you, a short, sorry, go ahead. Well, you, you're, you're incorrect. And here's why. Um, <laughs> the, so when you think about grade school, right, you do have a bio, your bio is your hello, sign, hello sticker. Hello, my name is Daniel, right? That essentially is your bio. It's saying, hello, my name is, and then an identifiable characteristic about yourself, your name, which by itself dictates kind of your culture, probably your age. Um, and then everything else is just imaginary. You can fill it in. And the way you draw your name card too becomes um, important. Hmm. Uh, so you're saying that if we just looked at our names, that's all we would need? It doesn't matter. Yes, I, I think that the, the less information you present to someone else, the more curiosity you have and the more you like once you start giving people information, um, you, you you dictate the way the conversation is going to flow and you dictate the kind of direction it's going to take. 
So like, for example, if you know that Josh is a doctor, you're going to talk to him in a certain sense and you're not going to use words that will either embarrass you or, um, I mean, maybe you will, maybe I will. Um, but <laughs> there's the, a good chance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's, there, there's something there. There's something around the idea of um, when left to open space, people will take things in different directions. Like I know I was involved in a conversation yesterday where I was talking to a bunch of people who I didn't know at all. And it was in one of the, one of these kind of rooms. And I was speaking as casually as I usually speak, um, but maybe more casually even. And then I realized that some of the people in the room based on their bio were people who could either hire me or, um, or be involved in the work that I do. And I, I changed my approach. I changed my, my presentation entirely. And it, that gave me the sense that I think a bio is a limiting factor. Wouldn't that be a limiting factor? Like if you were to have changed things for your own personal gain, wasn't that a good thing? I, I mean, I feel like our, yes, our bios are, are kind of this like weird thing that we write about ourselves, but then so is like the clothes that I decide to buy or the way I decide to like style my hair. And you can't really see that over the internet. So um, your bio is really the only thing that allows you to just kind of explain to someone who you are and and often it's not necessarily what the bio says it's like how it's written so like if I know if I click on something and it's you know a mile long and it has a bunch of links in it then that's like you know a shameless self-promoter who so I know what to expect from that person whereas um, you know if there's someone that has pretty limited information I can expect that that might be someone who is just you know here for some casual conversation so you know it's I mean, I, I don't know that a bio is a terrible idea. It's uh, it's certainly a weird thing that we have in our in our worlds, but it's mm. um, I feel like it's a necessary. It's I feel like it's necessary. And it, yeah, and, Dan, and Daniel has lost the argument. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I then I won't say anything else because I I'm go, no go ahead. I, no, no, I was just, I agree with you, Amanda. I, I think that it is a necessary, it, it's, it's helpful. Here's the thing. I, I would love to learn more about Joshua, Amanda, uh, Megan, and, and Steph, uh, even you, Daniel. I'd like to know more about you, even though I know you. Um, but I don't know if uh, that's the idea of this room, of this meeting, of this, uh, of this Terrible Ideas podcast. Otherwise, it'd be like meeting new people podcast, and let's just bring in. That's people a bad in. idea. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> people get bored, uh, and they more more bored than they already are uh, with this podcast. So, um, I, I I think we kind of need to know a little bit about each other uh, in advance, or at least allow us to get a short form. So, uh, so that's my take on it too. And by the way, uh, Amanda, I did follow your direction and I created bullets for my bio. Well, thanks. I didn't... <laughs> thank you. Um, no, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> hey, Nick, you look pretty serious now. This is good. Yeah. So, okay, where are you <laughs> taking the terrible idea um, podcast? Where, what's the vision? So is it like, is the mission to help people not make a terrible idea 
or is no, it, is it no, to expose no, no. terrible ideas? No, it, that, that's interesting. So the, the mission of this is actually quite simple. It's to make me and Nick better friends. Um, <laughs> that, that, that's what it is in the end. Like, um, so Nick and I both used to have conversations in the hallway at an office we worked at. And we thought this would be a fun podcast. And so we've been doing this for, you know, for two years or so, or a year and a half. And it gives us a, it gives you a metronome also to like always check in. And we always make sure we have something. We, we don't plan anything. We just talk. And for whatever reason, we've had listeners. Like um, it, it's actually really interesting to watch. And people listen from random places. Like you, you, you see on the, the graph, like, um, Ethiopia, we had listeners from, and Ireland, and um, and I find that really interesting. That just random conversations we can have, people will occasionally tune into, and that I like. I I uh, you know, for me, I enjoy my conversations with Daniel. I love the fact that, and like, I really enjoy the fact that we can bring other people into the conversation and get voices um, and, and mix it up a little bit on like I would say that this is really I've enjoyed this experiment um, uh, but I really have fun diving into the goofiness of it um, one of the things that <clears throat> Daniel and I have talked about off uh, when we're not recording is there's sometimes we take a stance on a terrible idea like we're taking we're, we have a particular persona that we're going to bring forward to suggest that we think something is a, a terrible idea. Fundamentally, we may deep down know that, you know, this terrible idea that we're putting forward has saved lives, or it's, you know, it's, you know, it's helped people become more efficient, or it's saved people money, or whatever it is. So there's positive aspects to it. But it's kind of fun to put on a persona for a question, push it forward until you kind of realize, nah, I can't do this anymore. Uh, I, so I like the I like the idea of organized kibitzing. I find that it allows, it's like when you go to a deli and you sit around and you kibitz over some kind of uh, silliness. I like the idea that it's kibitzing that has like um, a cadence, like that you can every every week choose three things and it makes you look at the world differently. Like I, I look at everything I pass by and I'm like, we should include that in the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have a question for those, uh, for Amanda and Joshua and Megan and Steph who are listening in. Um, what, you know, do you have any um, recommendations for terrible ideas that you'd like to, like, what are some terrible ideas that, uh, when you thought of this or heard this idea of the podcast, did you go, oh, I, I wonder if they've talked about blah or X or Y? Anything come up? Not to put you on the spot. Uh, and if no, that's fine. I, I like, I just wanted to, I was interested. For me, I like, I know that, um, okay, this is going to be a really weird phrase, but a friend of mine always used to say, you know, um, someone's yuck is another person's yum. And I always like think of that mm. when I think of a terrible idea is like, Anything that I think is a terrible idea probably lands really well with someone else. So for me, I was interested in, in exactly like how you guys would explore terrible ideas because to someone else, it's a brilliant idea. And so I just, yeah, like I wondered, 
I'm more of like a framework person. So I, mm. I typically like look at things as like, how do you qualify on a, on a continuum of, of, uh, of ideas, whether they're be good or bad, or, you know, are like universally good, or is there like, is there that end of the other spectrum of like a universally terrible idea? And so that's kind of where I, I'm curious was, would you find a way to like overlay some type of um, hmm. like metrics to decide, okay, well, you know, here are all of these ideas and here we can decide that, um, you know, world peace, um, probably, you know, universally a good idea or maybe, terrible it's, idea. you know, terrible. <laughs> but maybe, maybe it's a terrible <laughs> idea. And so, um, you know, w- w- like that would, that was kind of where I was curious to see if, this, if that would, hmm. if it would go that way. Well, that, I mean, the one thing I can tell you is that, that doing this podcast has made me rethink my my angle towards leeches. I, I absolutely, leeches are actually quite a, a beneficial thing, and I thought they were a terrible idea. But it's uh, like I, I just like the minutia of life, and I like the the way. Like, I'm not a framework person at all. I, I'm a person who who kind of lives in uh, in imaginary land almost all the time, and I, uh, I I like the idea that um, that small little kind of conversations can can drag us in directions that we don't think uh, initially would make sense. Yeah, that's fair. It's uh, so I, it sounds kind of more like the mission of terrible ideas is to change people's minds. Or just change Daniel's mind or my mind. <laughs> the mission uh, is to change my mind. Yeah. Um, I, I, feel I, so, uh, I feel so, um, I don't know. I feel like I'm in the shallow end here because I, I was going to say uh, pull out sofas, like a pull out couch bed. That was my answer to the question. That's great. Oh, that, that, a pull out sofa is a terrible idea. Agreed. But like, but you know what's That's... what's weird is that of all the beds I've ever slept in in my life, um, the ones I remember often are in in that in that space in the space of like kind of temporary. So like um, a pull-out sofa. Like my grandparents had a pull-out sofa, and I used to. I think I loved sleeping in it, but maybe I just loved the fact that it was essentially a transformer, and it transformed from like. A, a sofa robot into a bed robot. What, can I ask to, to hide a beds um, enter into the same argument? Would that would that, would that be like um, oh, what's the name for the bed that folds into the wall? Oh, I thought it was a hot, Murphy. Murphy. Yeah, yeah. Murphy. That's what that's what I meant actually. Yeah. M- Murphy Murphy bed seems like a great idea. <laughs> well, because a, a Murphy bed is going to save you space, right? You have like this open space in your room that you can make into a used space and then remove it when possible. Uh, a sofa bed makes very little sense relatively. Like it's, uh, is it called a sofa bed or a, isn't a hide a bed and a sofa bed the same thing? Yeah, I, I, I was thinking of Murphy bed when I said hide a bed, but you're right. Yeah. Um, it's funny, you know, I've had the, the hide a bed sofa bed in my house, but like anything that was a terrible idea that it eventually left the house. And I was so grateful when I no longer had that 
furniture in my home. Like it made me so happy. It's like, oh, that stupid furniture is yeah, gone sure. finally. The ca- that couch that weighs eight hundred pounds is finally right. in your place from and the second like, floor. I mean, whoever, <laughs> whoever thought that, the, I mean, if you think about the thing you want to sleep on. And you you tell me all the characteristics of that. None of them will include. It needs to fold neatly into thirds, uh, because that's that's basically like undoing all of the things that I want in a bed. It's like, oh, and and can you fold it into thirds and and hide it can, under something you sit on? Without no without thinking this, no, without thinking this through though, can, can that be applied into anything that you really want? Like anything you want to eat, <laughs> anything you want to love. Like nothing that you really want to enjoy in life could be folded safely into thirds. Is that fair? It's a great, it's a great, it's a great statement. I might want to make an exception for bath towels. Oh, right. But not, not for sandwiches or uh, significant others. Well, so when, when, when we start, when we started thinking about this podcast idea or about the idea of terrible ideas, the conversation I think was at a restaurant. We were talking about, um, just when you think about every single thing you encounter, um, someone had to think of that and then make the case of why it should become a thing, right? So at one point in time, someone was saying, you know what, we can make these couches into beds. And there was like a meeting that happened or a group of people who got together. And at one point, someone gave the yes to that. And someone said, yep, let's, let's build that. Let's do it. And that that's kind of the the, the place in the in the journey that I'm really interested in, like what convinced that person or, or those people to say, yep, let's do this. You know, you know, uh, uh, there's a stand-up comedian, what's his name, who does uh, the whole hot pocket bit. Who, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, his name has escaped me obviously, but he, that's his whole shtick. Uh, he's like, somebody thought of this, this putting a bunch of, sauce and meat and cheese and heating it up so it burns your face off and hear me out we'll call it a hot pocket we'll have it on the store shelves before christmas like somebody said that's a great idea and that's how it all works with everything though and i i think you know the reason i think i like this this model of coming up with is there's a little bit of fertile ground for comedy right like this is you know what's like the, this whole idea i think the two things i take away from today by the way number one of the le- leeches aren't bad and number two there's a universal truth of not folding things into thirds like that's like that, that there's an aversion to having things that you love being folded into thirds and i i think that um this podcast or this discussion allows us to kind of unearth kind of universal truths and find some some amused i get basically amused by these these observations and and even when you come forward with something daniel that i completely disagree with i i love the fact that i'm gonna have to either agree or, or argue it 